right, yeah, let's do this thing together. Mm. I love that song. Thank you guys so much. Oh, my name is Tim Griesbach, and man, hello from me to you. I get the incredible privilege and honor of being one of our pastors here at Crossroads Church. And as one of our pastors, I get the honor of sitting down with people in all kinds of different parts of their lives. I get to sit with people when they are celebrating incredibly powerful, joyful things. And I get to sit with people when they are trying to trudge through some of the heaviest things that we encounter in life. And I know that when it comes to a holiday like Mother's Day, this isn't just one thing, is it? Mother's Day is one of those very distinctly complex holidays. Because for some of us, it might not just be an easy day to wake up and have a good time. Because not everybody has had the same kind of experience when it comes to being a mom or interacting with their own mom. I know for many within our gathering, whether it's here in our buildings or whether it's in our homes, that there are people who have had the terrible experience of trying to become a mom and failing month after month after month, dealing with more disappointment and more despair. Or maybe some of us in our group of people have had the experience of getting to have kids and realizing that motherhood is actually way harder and more challenging than they had anticipated. And they actually deal with feeling guilty some days about wondering, like, I, I should love this more than I do, right? Like, this just feels so hard sometimes. Some of us have had moms that are just distant and kind of far away or maybe absent in our childhoods. And so Mother's Day brings up memories of things that we wished we had experienced. For others of us, we've had moms that we absolutely love, that we have so many stories of our moms, but they're gone now. And this day acts as just another reminder of beautiful things that we've lost. And lastly, some of us have had the terrible experience of actually having a child as a mom and then losing that child. Something that I don't know if there's anything harder to do on the planet as a human, to bear the loss of your own child. And then, for some of us, Mother's Day is fun because you had and have a wonderful mom and you get to have kids and your family is happy and you're growing and you're thriving. And so Mother's Day is not one thing, it's complex. There's so many different emotions and so many different feelings for us to experience and acknowledge on a day like this. And that's why we wanna be honest about it right up front. And we wanna acknowledge that if you're really serious about following Jesus, then you're gonna look a lot like the description of Christians in 2 Corinthians, where Paul refers to Christians as being sorrowful yet always rejoicing. And if you're really serious about following Jesus with your whole heart and being connected to those who are following him alongside you, you are going to have really good reasons all the time for being weighed down with sorrow, to mourn, truly mourn. And you're going to have really good reasons all the time to celebrate and to rejoice and to have fun because the family of God is complex. And so as we enter into the rest of this day together, I want to acknowledge that. But more than that, I really just want to ask God to help us to be the one who comforts us 
in the midst of wherever we're at today. So would you join me in prayer? Father, we do celebrate moms today, but we acknowledge that there's just a lot, a lot of different things that we're feeling from elation to despair. And so, Father, I ask that you would help every single one of us to cling tightly to you in the midst of this experience. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you yourself, oh God, would comfort us if we're rejoicing, that you would let us know that you are delighting in us and with us. And if we are despairing, Lord, would you let us know that you have us wrapped up tightly in your arms, <laughs> that you yourself are comforting us and that you are not gonna let us go. Would you do all of that and more today, we ask in the beautiful name of your son, Jesus, amen. Today, we really are going to celebrate Mother's Day because moms, frankly, are pretty stinking awesome. I mean, there are so many ways that you could go about describing moms, so many incredible characteristics and attributes to what make moms fantastic. Their ability to care for people well, their resiliency, their reliability, their compassion, Sometimes they're raw physical strength in surprising ways, right? Like moms are pretty awesome. And they teach us so many different things in our lives. I remember thinking back to my own childhood, how we learned so much from my mom, in part, in large part, honestly, because my mom chose to homeschool us. It was me and two younger sisters. And so we spent a lot of time with mom, with my mom, Carol Griesbach. <laughs> And we had a little room down in kind of the lower level of our home that was dedicated to it. It was called the homeschooling room where there was like a chalkboard and a couple desks set up and a little treasure box for when we did things really well, right? You got to go and pick out some little trinket and a space on the chalkboard dedicated for X's, which were representative of the spankings that were to come. I don't know if you guys have been there. I mean, I had one experience where my mom just sort of like got forgetful. I mean, my name always had the most X's after it by so much. It was ridiculous. But there was one day where my mom accidentally forgot about that portion of the board and she got out the sponge and the water and was like cleaning off the whole thing. And just after she finished cleaning that section, she kind of realized, oh my gosh, I just eliminated all that brat's little spankings. And she kind of looked at me and I'm sitting in my chair like, yes, freedom. And she kind of chalked it up, okay. This is, let's talk about forgiveness today. Let's talk about Jubilee. You got unmerited little bit of forgiveness for you, little Tim boy. You know, like that. But one day specifically, she taught us, me and my one sister, something that we were not anticipating. So in our homeschooling room, we were set up to where my sister sat in front of me and I was in the back of the room. We were within reach of each other. And I'm sure most of you can already see that that's going to be problematic because I had a pencil and I could reach forward if I was real, you know, agile, and I could just poke my sister right in the back, like in the kidneys, you know, where it's awful and tender. And so I would do this naturally as a young boy, and I would poke her, and she would give me looks, dirty looks, and complain, and I would pretend like, I don't know what's happening, or maybe something else is poking you, as if there's anyone else in the room. And so one of these days, I'm poking her and poking her, and mom's telling me to stop, and I'm poking her and poking her, and eventually my mom lost it. And in the words of my friend Angie Duran, she would say that my mom unleashed the dragon. 
And truly, it was my own fault. I had clearly brought this on our experience together collectively. But my mom's dragon came out, and she was like, all right. And she, you know, face got red, and she's yelling at me. I mean, in kindness, surely you guys understand that this is how this goes, right? It's for my good, for the upbringing and loving. Don't report my mom. Like, I deserved every single little spanking I got and more. Trust me. But as she's scolding me, like, why are you not listening? Why don't you just do what I say? Why are you picking on your little sister? She just turned and punched a hole in the door to the room. And me and my sister learned two things that day. Because the three of us all just sort of stopped, my mom included. And we looked at the hole in the door. And we're like, oh my gosh. And my mom looked at it and looked at her hand and kind of looked back at us and quickly just left the room, which I think shows incredible wisdom on her part to be like, okay, I am not gonna end these kids right here now. For us, for me and my sister, we recognized one, our mom really truly could end us at any point in time. I don't think we had ever given her credit for the physical strength that she possessed up until that moment where we were looking at a hole in the door. And the second thing she taught us was that some doors are hollow. I don't know if you knew this, but some doors aren't wood all the way through. And there, surely, there's a little hole. And we're like, okay. Moms teach us incredible things about life, right? As they lead us into becoming adults. I mean, that's the goal. Every mom is looking at their little kids like, how in the world am I going to help you (laughs) to become a fully functioning, wonderful, beautiful human adult (laughs) to where you can care for yourself in this life? But when we go about celebrating moms together... What are we going to celebrate? I mean, we could, I'm sure, take a look at your mom and say, man, let's celebrate the fact that your mom has just the best hair in the world. Or she just has the best sense of fashion, or she can decorate any room to look amazing. I mean, there's all kinds of things we could celebrate. But for us, we want to get down to the core stuff, like the most significant things and celebrate from there. And I wonder if there's a way that we can celebrate something about our moms that can even be an expression of worship to God our King. If we're going to go about celebrating our moms really well, like digging all the way down to the fundamental principles, then we're going to have to start all the way back in the beginning. And if we're looking at the Bible, all the way back in the beginning means Genesis chapter 1, where God is actually creating everything and calling it all into being and setting everything up with purpose and intentionality. And it's here in Genesis chapter 1 that we get a sense of what our own purpose is as beings that were created by an intentional, purposeful God. And it's here, I think, that we'll begin to get a glimpse of where to go looking when we want to celebrate the really most amazing things about mom on this Mother's Day. So Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, he's wrapping up his creation, and he says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. When we're looking for what our fundamental purpose is as humans created by an intentional, purposeful God, we get a huge hint right here that we were made to be image bearers 
of God. That we were made to go throughout this life reflecting what he is like, to be good reflections of him at all times. And so if God is loving, then we're to go through life saying, like living out that love so that all creation, when it looks on us, looks and goes, wow, isn't that just what God looks like? He's just so loving, isn't he? That when we're gracious, it's a reflection of what our God is like. When we're merciful, it's a reflection of what our God is like. Every human being is purposed to do that, which is a beautiful thing. But then that also helps us understand why sometimes when you look at the world, it's gotten so wrong. When you look at the world and think, man, it is just so broken and busted and there's issues everywhere. It's because you see that people aren't acting like good reflections of their creator God, but instead like bad reflections. That when they're going around lying or cheating or stealing, when they abuse others for their own benefit, when they try to gather as much for themselves as they can at the expense of the other people around them, when, you know, all of those things, when what they're actually doing is maligning the character of God. They're actively playing out this role in this cosmic play, saying this is what God looks like. And we look at that and go, man, I sure hope not. And those of us who have spent time with the king go, no, that's not at all what the king looks like. He sacrifices himself for the sake of others. He loves others no matter what the cost. He doesn't hold grudges, but freely offers forgiveness. He's merciful with us and compassionate and gracious and kind. And not distant, but close. Like, he's all those things that we go, oh man, yeah, those things are good. And the reason that they're good is because this is what our God is like. And what's really cool is then here you see this idea that when he wanted to create beings that actually reflect what he's like, he did a couple things. One of the things that he did was he set them up as male and female. It's a really good thing that there's men and women. And not just so that the race can proliferate, but because if we're going to actually reflect what God is like, we're going to need all of us. Right from the very beginning, God is like, this is important. Guys, you are going to reflect me in this way, that some ways that are distinct. And gals, you are also going to reflect me in some ways that are distinct. And all of you together are going to have some capacity for actually pointing out what I'm like within this creation. The second thing he did was he set up family really early on as this structure where like more hu humans would come from humans. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a simple thing, but God did that intentionally. He could have had us just sprout up out of the plants from the ground, right? But that's not how he wanted to represent what he is like. That in its basic best form, love begets life. And so we see this life continuing, which creates opportunities for fathers and mothers. And as you begin to look at this creation through the lens of being image bearers of God, specifically as people, Right, because nothing else got that privilege of being an image bearer of God. And you start to separate out groups of people. You begin to see distinctions in how they are uniquely gifted to reflect what God is like. And so as you look at females specifically, you're like, okay, so here's some ways in which females reflect what God is like in a way that is distinctly better than what guys do. And as you subdivide these groups down more and more, you eventually get to smaller groups where you see even more distinctness. And so as we're going to celebrate moms today, 
I think the question we want to ask is like, in what ways do moms best reflect, distinctly reflect, uniquely reflect a characteristic or aspect of what God is like? So then we start asking that question and combing through Scripture and going, okay, God, like, how do moms really truly reflect what you're like in a distinct way? And there's a bunch of different things that we could land on, but one that specifically is going to be useful for us today. Because in a lot of Scripture, God identifies himself as he's painting out these illustrations for us to understand what he's like. He uses a lot of father language, right? The father has done this. The Father. When Jesus prays, he's praying to God as Father, which is awesome because it's painting this illustration of the relationship that we get to have with our God. In fact, fathers then get to play out this role of reflecting in their own little family structure this huge cosmic reality of God's interaction with us as his creatures, as his children. But we get to this beautiful passage in Isaiah 66 where God uses a different illustration much less common, but not any less powerful. And if you're looking at Isaiah, one of the things you need to know is that Isaiah is a rough book of prophecy. (laughs) That the people of Israel, the people of God, had failed to uphold their end of their covenant with God, their promise to hold fast to him and to follow him as their only God. And so they were worshiping other gods and doing all this kind of stuff that God said, man, if you do that, I'm going to have to discipline you, and you're not going to like that, but that's going to involve sending you into captivity. And so sure enough, they just keep going down that road, and Isaiah is really a prophecy that's saying, look, you're being taken into captivity, and you shouldn't resist it, because it's not just bad people doing bad things to you. This is actually my hand of discipline on you, which is heavy to hear, because these people are like, oh man, so we're just like stuck here. And, but the end chapters of Isaiah are beautiful because he paints this picture of hope. Because he's like, even though, Israel, you abandon your covenant to me, I am not going to forget you. I am still going to hold on to you. You will forever be my people. And he begins to speak life and hope into their future. And as he's talking about how he is going to interact with them, this phrase shows up in verse 13. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Let's pause. Take a breath. Get our minds actually working. And contemplate this illustration that he's using. Because God had the opportunity to look at every single possible interaction that humans have with other humans. And when he wants to communicate to his people what their experience of comfort from him is going to be like, it's going to be like this. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. And that last line is really just about, you shall be comforted at your home, back where you belong. I will get you back there, and I will comfort you. I am sure that so many of us can reflect back on times in our lives where our mothers have been an incredible source of comfort. I remember a couple instances in my own life, one where I was playing at some friend's house, on like a jungle gym thing, and I fell off and broke my arm. 
I don't have a lot of distinct memories of that. I remember like laying on the ground, kind of looking over and seeing my family as they're looking at cabbage with their friends. (laughs) Weird details, right? I remember being taken to the doctor's place or hospital, wherever we ended up, some of what that room ended up like. I remember being held down for (laughs) x-rays. But I also just remember my mom being there with me the whole time, staying with me, consistently comforting me. I remember another time in my childhood, so I had asthma growing up. This caused some real stress for my folks when I was real, real little, because when your baby stops breathing, like, that's scary. And so when I was a little older than a baby, I had bronchitis. And this was just terrible, because it really impacted with the asthma, and it just made it horrible. I just coughing all the time, terrible-tasting medicine. And my back, I don't know if you've got asthma, if you've ever experienced this, but my back would just be inflamed. It was just like so, so itchy every time I coughed. And I remember my mom would just comfort me. She'd sit there and just scratch my back. And my mom was such a source of comfort in my life. And that when she was comforting me well, she was doing way more than just taking care of her little Timmy. She was playing her role in this cosmic play of saying, this is what our God is like. When we're hurt, he comforts us. And so as we celebrate Mother's Day today, we have an opportunity, I think, to simultaneously worship the king. We have an opportunity to identify things in the moms in our lives that accurately reflect the beauty and glory of our king. And that when we see that happening, we can call it out not just as like, hey, this is really cool in you, but like, babe, that's beautiful. And if it's your mom, don't call her babe. You will get in trouble, right? But like, mom, did you realize what you're doing right now? When you forgave me for being a total brat right now, do you realize what you just did? You just look like the king. That's what he's like. And so as you are contemplating today how to celebrate the moms in your life, maybe they're in your home, maybe in someone else's home, whatever, the moms in your life, I want to give you three things to do, okay? The first thing I want you to do is to actually sit down for a little while and contemplate the ways in which this person reflects God well. Is it through the way that they're comforting? Is it through their faithfulness? Is it through their compassion towards just about anybody, their kindness, their love that they express? Are they creators? Do they just come up with some beautiful, awesome ideas and then bring it into being? Like, think for a little while. Contemplate. How does this person reflect God well? That's the first thing that I want you to do. Don't rush that step because you're going to need it to fuel your second step, which is call it out for what it is, and don't let it just be like, oh man, you are so creative. I love that about you. But get bold and say, man, you are creative. And when you create, you know what that reminds me of? Our God, he is so creative. He can do anything. He can bring about literally anything out of nothing. And babe, when I see you do that, mom, when I see you do that, it just reminds me of him. 
Call it out. Take some time to publicly, maybe that's just the you know, public within your own family, but call that out and identify it in her. Say, man, this is awesome, and I love that in you. And the third thing you do is actually celebrate, rejoice, delight, make some good food, maybe get some flowers, whatever your family does to celebrate. Watch some movies, play some board games, but whatever you do, celebrate it and let everyone in the household know this is why we're celebrating. Because mom reminds us every single day of this aspect of what our king is like. Isn't that so cool? Rejoice together in the best possible realities present in the moms of your lives. This is such a cool thing to me because like, I just, I think to myself, man, if we can get this right on a day like Mother's Day, maybe we could actually expand that and just get used to doing that kind of a thing any day of the year that when I'm celebrating my friends in my life, that it's not just, man, you're kind of cool and I happen to like that about you, but I'm like, man, you remind me of the king. Oh, isn't he the best? That we could delight in the image-bearing nature of each other on a regular basis, calling out that beautiful good and saying, man, isn't he good at producing that kind of stuff in us? I know that for some of you, you might be thinking right now, like, well, what do I do if I feel like I'm not actually reflecting God? Like, when I look at my life, if you were to see my life, you'd say that I'm not a very good reflection. I'm a lot more like what you described before. I'm a bad reflection more often than not. What, what about me? And the reality is that first off, I mean, that's all of us, so welcome to the family. <laughs> Every single one of us is more often than not a bad reflection of what our king is like. But I'm so grateful that God didn't just leave us on our own to try to work harder at being a good reflection. I mean, he even gave us like a whole law, rules, all these different commandments to say like this is what it would take. This is how to be a good reflection. If you could do all this and we try and we try and we fail and we fail, we're like, okay. How am I supposed to actually get there? Well, the good news is that God has sent his son Jesus to do what we could not do on our own. Or the way that Romans 8 lays it out is like this. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, right? Because sin is in every single one of us. Every single one of us has this bent towards being a bad reflection of the character of God. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. God made a way for us to take a hold of his son, Jesus, who fulfilled every single law of what it would take to look like God. He actually lived life as a good image bearer, as a good reflection of the character of God. And God said, if you take a hold of my son Jesus in faith as your Lord, as the one who gets to call the shots in your life, and as your Savior, the one who died and shed his blood for the forgiveness of your sins, then you'll be mine. And that if you do that, you actually get to be brought into his family where he fills us with his very spirit. 
and transforms us over the course of our whole lives every day to look just a little bit more like him. And man, if you hear that and think, I want that in my life. I want to be able to look like this God. Like We want to help you do that. We want to walk with you in that process of taking hold of Jesus in faith and trusting him and clinging to him as your Lord and your Savior. And on our end, we've made it really pretty simple. It's not easy. It's actually very hard because you're kind of going to give up everything to follow Jesus. But at the same time, you're going to gain everything. And the stuff that you gave up, you're going to realize you didn't actually need to be satisfied in this life. Because what God provides in its place is actual life and hope and peace and love and joy. And so if you want to follow Jesus, we want to walk with you through that process. And on our end, like I said, it's simple. You can just text the word Jesus to the number 720-513-1933 where one of us can actually interact with you and walk with you through the experience of taking hold of Jesus as Lord and as Savior, to be brought into being a redeemed and rescued image bearer of God. I want to pray right now for us that God would make this happen in our midst and that we would be able to respond to this reality. And so, Father, would you please, would you please right now call people to be your own, Would you call people to be yours? Would you nudge them in their hearts to realize the ways in which they've reflected you poorly? But Lord, would you comfort them with your very presence and confirm for them in their minds that this is true, that if they cling to your son Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they will be saved, rescued, and redeemed and that you will transform them from being a bad reflection to being a beautiful reflection of your goodness and your glory and your beauty in this world. Would you do this for us, Lord? Would you please rescue us? And Lord, for those of us who already know you, will you help us to double down? on yielding to your Spirit's work in our lives. Help us not to just walk by the flesh, to keep trying to do it on our own, Lord, but to submit to you, to bow to you, and to let you do your work in our hearts, transforming us, renewing our minds, helping us to think and to act and to look like you in this world, to show this hurting world that there is a good and loving God who is for them. Would you please do this in us today, we pray in the beautiful name of your Son who died for us, Jesus. Amen. We want to move now into from worshiping in the Word to worshiping through music. And every Sunday, we start this off by remembering the sacrifice of Christ on the cross through taking communion together. Before Jesus died, he had a meal with his disciples where he was able to give them a heads up and to tell them what all that was about to happen with his death was really about. And so he took the bread at the table and he broke it, he passed it to them all and he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Let us remember that Jesus gave of himself to rescue us, to be good image bearers of the King as we eat the bread together. And then after the meal, he took the cup and he passed it to them all. And he said, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. The blood of the new eternal covenant. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us drink from the cup as we remember that he made a way for us to be forgiven by shedding his blood. And I'd invite you at this time to stand. If you're at home, you can take a different posture of of worship to the king. Uh, Whatever makes sense for you in your household, with your family, with your kiddos, with whoever's there with you. If you want prayer right now, if you're like, man, I... I just feel like I need someone else to interact with. We've got folks here in the room that are back in this corner that would love to be able to pray with you. And then if you're online, you can just click the button to request prayer and someone there will actively pray with you and join with you as you've got stuff. You're not supposed to go through this alone. (laughs) This is part of why family exists so that we can go through this experience together. And so do that, pray, and then let's worship our King through singing now.